Welcome to Amiga Ireland. It's the 6th of September. This is our first uh, podcast of this month. We're going to have an interview coming up in two weeks time, which we'll talk about in a little while. But first, uh, Luke, how have you been doing? Oh, not too bad. Thank you very much. I've been uh, helping uh, different people in setting up their Amiga, especially the Wi-Fi cards, uh, with some success. And I'm really glad about it, to be honest. Yeah, I've seen you've been busy on the forums and uh, the Facebook groups. All right, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, yeah, really good to be honest, and I'm 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 really glad because uh, it's it's been successful. That is some dedication, Luke, for a man who's just had a child, and <laughs> it's all it's all been done during the time she's been sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good for you. And um, how is your online shop going? Well, to be honest, pretty all right as well. It's, it's been uh, developing pretty nicely. Good stuff. Well, I've got one of your Wi-Fi cards and it's excellent and really good value. So. Thank you very much for your kind words. How about you, Rob? How are you getting on? Oh, I'm, I'm all right. Um, been, uh, been pretty busy with uh, yeah, a whole other rake of Amigas that are in for repair. It's the usual story. Um, but I've been home to Ireland a couple of times since the last one and over and back and you know, running around with the little baby, and that's that's kind of most of my time. But uh, the last couple of days, of uh, I, I, a while ago, I got a, a an Amiga two thousand over here that was fully loaded, but had a lot of problems, and it was in pretty poor shape. So the last couple of days now, I've been getting that up and running now, and it's it's almost there. So I just have to reassemble my keyboard now after it's had a nice deep clean. <laughs> it, was, it was in desperate need of it. Jesus, you, you should have seen the. The muck that came out of it was awful. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Old muck too, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So twenty years of nicotine and dirt and oh, <laughs> manky. Okay. But it looks Retro much better brush. now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, God praise the work. Yeah, yeah. We've had friends of the family over from Greece and uh, well, one friend this time, uh, Sarandis, and uh, my family were bringing him around to different places like Connemara and um, the Titanic Museum in Belfast. I joined them for that one uh, as we passed through on to see the uh, Giant's Causeway. And uh, yeah, it was really nice to spend some time with some Greek friends. And uh, it's been a Greek themed month, actually. But some more news on that front coming up later. Okay, first up, um, there's a, a project that's been going on for a while to use uh, PowerPC accelerators in mediator boards. So, you know, this this was a thing a while ago that LBOX were developing a, a, a Shark PPC accelerator, and it never really came to anything. And basically, it was a, a Mac accelerator that was being repurposed for the Amiga. So it never, it never came to anything, but um, a few... Very, very clever people seem to have taken it upon themselves to do this work anyway. And uh, so they, they've managed to get it working. But uh, recently, there, just a couple of weeks ago, they actually found, you know, so normally these accelerators are, you know, pretty expensive, still a few hundred quid. But, um, you know, for that, though, you get a, a, the fastest classic PPC that you can get. But um, there recently, someone figured out that there are these particular network cards that had a PowerPC processor on them in 64 megs of RAM. And uh, so it's a, kind of a heavy duty network card, but someone's managed to uh, hack that into working as an actual, as, as a CPU on the system. So as a co-processor. And so, you know, there are videos floating around now of Quake running at, at a pretty impressive rate of speed that are just impossible even on a classic PowerPC. 
it's uh it's an incredible feat of hackery <laughs> it's, yeah there's a, there's a thread on it in eab and uh there's a friend of mine in glasgow here has has one set up and he's been you know giving feedback and helping out with the testing and it's just it's ridiculous really <laughs> but it's very impressive work yeah the funny thing is actually that uh lbox announced you know like uh a shark uh, back in I think 2000 so uh, a long remember. time ago anyway, yeah, yeah long time ago and uh, then later on they moved it and moved it and postponed it until you know like uh, Amiga OS for, uh, 4 is released for classic Amigas then the, the, the you know like uh, the, 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 the whole subject just uh, died out and then out mm-hmm. of a sudden, someone comes in and says, like, oh, look, I've got it running on my Amiga 3000, uh, and it's been running really well. And uh, uh, respect. All I can say is just respect. Regarding those uh, network cards with PowerPC processor and the Quake running at uh, uh, the just ridiculous speeds, I think uh, it's uh, one more thing is worth mentioning, because uh, that Quake is running on Amiga 1200. Uh, yeah. yeah, and, uh, Sonnets, uh, so far, they've been running only on Amigas 3000 and, f- and, uh, 4000. So, uh, that's, that's, that's really huge progress, to be honest, you know? And that's yeah. huge, that's huge news. That's huge news regarding PowerPC on, uh, on a, on, on, on a classic Amiga. Uh, other thing is, uh, I remember that, uh, like, uh, Eight or ten years ago, there were loads of sonnets on, on, you know, like on eBay, even in, uh, even in UK, mm. in America, even in Poland, you were able to buy them. And, uh, uh in magazines, uh, I think it was Encore company that produced them. In magazines, mm-hmm. there were loads of them as well. But later on, they just trashed them. All of them, all that, you know, like, uh, stock. So they. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's just really purely just um, impossible to 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 buy now. Uh, a friend of mine in Japan's just got two of them as well in some mm-hmm. you know like a new old stock stuff, but uh, that nice. was just a uh, uh, pure pure accident. So uh, lucky him. <laughs> so if you want to get one of these repurposed um, Apple PPC cards now, what kind of money are you talking? Uh, between three hundred and five hundred quid. Mm. I think. Yeah, they they seem to be quite popular with the see the 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 retro Mac guys as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they're so they're rare and they just they they shoot up in price. They're kind of almost like almost like an Amiga PowerPC accelerator at this stage. Yeah, um, these network cards are a bit cheaper, and uh, there's a guy I think in America. He's got like a tons of them, like at least five hundred, yeah. and he sells them pretty cheap. But yeah. the, there's a need for some sort of adapter as well, so he sells those adapters actually you now for pretty ridiculous money. So, uh, mm-hmm. but it is yeah. possible to obtain them, and very, very like I say, a very impressive uh, feat. <laughs> in general, all things considered, it's, it's it's incredible. That's right. I absolutely agree. So fingers crossed for that project mm. because it's yeah. uh, it's massive. Yeah, and it's early days yet, so don't get getting too excited. There's a lot of software messing about to be done, and still doesn't work properly. Sound and there's a few other little issues, but it's it's getting there. Yeah, and the library, you know, like some library gets upgraded all the time, but uh, new mm. releases are on on Amulet on a regular basis, which is which is very promising at the same time as well. Yep. Yeah. 
Um, we've got another news. Um, this time this is a make it for Macintosh, including, um, Rabbit Hole. Rabbit Hole is a thing that allows you to run, for example, Firefox. Uh, at the same time when you're running Amikit, which is pretty pretty alright as well, I think, because uh, we need a decent browser and uh, it's just it's just it seems that uh, when OWB development started stopped, sorry, the NG, you know, like uh, uh, society is in a constant lack of a of, of of a decent you know like modern web browser. If you have time, any of you guys. Uh, have a look. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've actually been playing around with this on my own MacBook. And there's some really up-to-date uh, documentation that they have shared out from Google Docs that um, help you with the fairly lengthy um, installation process, you know, especially if you have to go and, you know, you know, get the ROMs and stuff. But um, the way I did it was I used Amiga Forever <clears throat> from Cloanto. And there's an import feature there that will pull in everything there and give you a nice desktop. Yeah, um, it's early days yet, so we'll see how that goes. So that's, yeah, AmiKit for Mac, and you can go to uh, amikit.amiga.sk to check that out. Yeah, that's right. Now, John Hurtle, John Chucky Hurtle, is uh, a name that most people are familiar with at this stage for his, uh, you know, his various hardware projects and reverse engineering uh, shenanigans. But uh, he has... Um, Reverse engineered the Amiga 1200 motherboard and he's released the files now so that um, anyone can basically take the files, go to a, a PCB manufacturer and have Amiga, the bare motherboard for an Amiga 1200 made up. So this is really good for uh, people who have damaged motherboards, you know, from capacitor leakage or, or who just want to have a black motherboard in their translucent case. Um, you know, it has some minor updates like, um, the option to use a different type of power connector and, you know, a couple of other small fixes like that. Um, you know, a, a spot for a VGA connector so you can, you know, so you don't have to try and find the 23 pin to 15 pin adapters and a couple of other small changes. But it's, um, yeah, it's a great project and it's an awful lot of work gone into it. Now it's not cheap, but, um, you will find some people because boards like that are best ordered in a bunch. Um, you find a few people are selling them at the moment, including John himself. You know, if you have access to the chips or, if, uh, you know, you've had dead motherboard, otherwise it's, it might be a good option if, if you uh, have that kind of soldering skill. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so the, is, is this a case of like where the, the file with the wiring is shared or is there just a sort of a final output file that you have to just, and it can just be produced in one way? Um, I think at the moment it's just the Gerbers, which is just the output file. But um, I know the plan is to have it fully open source at some point. So I know there were a couple of mistakes in the first revision and they've been fixed now. So I think he just wants to get it sort of to a, a finished state before it's uh, fully released. But now I, I could be wrong on that. Now I, I was only looking at the Gerbers myself. But um, yeah. I remember in college way back in the late 90s, uh, we used some program on DOS to uh, design your 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 pcb you know your schematic and then it would um make optimizations itself to sort of tighten it up as much as possible and you could make some it was pretty cool actually it looked incredible mm-hmm. um it was visually pretty impressive um it looked very kind of futuristic but mm-hmm. um yeah so like i was just as you were kind of describing that there i was wondering geez i wonder could you even remap that to a different form factor but leaving the connectors for peripherals the same once you have the schematic like that, it's not that big a deal to move things around. It's very time consuming. 
because the rerouting is best off done by hand. Like, you know, the, you can, the computer will do, do so much, but after that, you have to kind of do it yourself really. Uh, so it is, it is time consuming, but it is, yeah, it is doable. And, uh, like there's a case in point, there's a, there are three, four projects for doing a similar job on the Amiga 4000 now, including one guy who's reconfigured it to a standard ATX format. So you can stick it in a standard PC case, including ATX power supply and, you know, the, the normal power switches and things like that. So, um, you know, it is, it is possible once you have the sort of the groundwork done to basically modify it any way you want. Yeah, well, fair play, John. Thanks for that. Uh, I've an Amiga 1200 myself, so <laughs> it's good to hear. The Amiga Future Archive number four DVD has been launched at GamesCon in Cologne, and it contains issues from 11 to 130, although the, the actual English versions start a bit later than that, somewhere in the 60s. And the entire archive is available on DVD for 29 euro, excluding shipping. Modern Amiga Demo cross-development um, was a seminar from the Evoke Demo Party, which, uh, which took place in Cologne, Germany. So um, you'll find the link in the show notes, a YouTube link, in which you will be able to see how to create a modern Amiga Demo. Banjo Guy Ollie has released a really good cover of the Lemmings Level 6 music. I'm not even going to try and give a rendition of it um, here, <laughs> but <laughs> it's it's really good. He's gotten all of the little details of the song and um, reproduced them acoustically using his own instruments. And uh, it's absolutely fantastic. Head over to bandcamp.com and download a copy for yourself. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very, it's very good. Um, it's It's amazing how music like that sticks with you. And, you know, sort of instantly recognizable then, you know, when you hear it anywhere else. Absolutely. They're in like timeless tunes, like, for example, um, yeah. music from Last Ninja 2 as well, especially on C64 for me. Or music from, you know, like Monkey Island. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Another one. Yeah. Right, I'm going to give this a go, right? So in case anyone doesn't know exactly what Lemmings Level 6 music is, which is understandable, <laughs> it's the one that goes, do, do, do. Do 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 do, yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, that's instantly recognizable. Yeah, even if you're yeah absolutely. We just we just need some you know, like a beatbox as well. <laughs> cool. Let's start our own bank camp channel. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Good stuff. Right. What's next, guys? What's next? Okay. Um. The Checkmate 1500 Plus case that Stephen Jones has been working on, he has launched the Kickstarter for that. So uh, there's still some time left on that if you want to back it, but it's, it's uh, already looking very good. It was over 40% only after the first couple of days. It's well on its way there. If you haven't been following it, that's a big project for creating a new computer case that's suitable for for small format PCs as well as for Amiga 500, 600 and 1200s and Raspberry Pis and standalone vampires planned uh, to be supported as well. The idea is that it's all modular and it can be chopped and changed, but it, it's styled to look like an Amiga 3000. It will be available in white and black. Really, really looks good. Kickstarter link is in the show notes. Uh, give that a look. That's something I've been working on myself. I've been doing the little, some of the boards for inside, like the Zaro slot for the Amiga 500 and so on, the LED board, things like that. 
big project and well well done Stephen yeah it does look great like I'm very attached to the kind of 500 1200 design but this I was looking at this and it just looks like the last case you need you know you can do anything with it and you can get in and make Mm. changes more easily and stuff like that so I'm not surprised it's so popular Mm -hmm. and I know there's a few people here in in Ireland uh, and in Galway or even where I am that have backed it so oh great yeah, yeah, to me, it looks like a, a, a mixture of, you know, like a case from, uh, from Amiga 3000 and, and, and actually Amiga 1000 because there's a, like a small garage that you can hide your keyboard underneath. And I think, uh, Steven is also planning to release, you know, like a, or start a Kickstarter campaign for, for a special Amiga keyboard that can fit inside that garage, which adds uh, even mm-hmm. more style to the, to the case, uh, in, in my opinion you know so oh, wow. uh, fingers crossed fingers crossed in general Absolutely, yeah. Jeez, the mm-hmm. more I think of it like it could actually save a lot of space like when I set up the 1200 and the monitor and you know there's like cables everywhere like you know I might yep. actually need to go and get one of those <laughs> <laughs> go for it yeah what the hell <laughs> David Pleasance's book has returned from print and distribution should begin in the coming days. He expects uh, delivery on September 14th. Yeah, so sorry, it'll be, a, it's not quite received yet from print. It's 368 pages and um, he's asked people to be patient because himself and his two sons are going to be packaging and shipping the book, the Blu-ray and the Everybody's Girlfriend audio music CD, which I'm really looking forward to getting because I'd actually been looking for that um, online for a few months before uh, he announced it would be released and it doesn't seem to be uh, available. So it's going to take them a few days to get these sent out. Um, And for anybody who hasn't ordered it yet, you can go to downtimepublishing.com and get a copy. Finally. Yeah, finally. (laughs) Right. uh, A new disc mag called a mag is starting up and uh, has an online group. Uh, So if you are... Uh, into reading, you know, like this mags, and you remember them from the 80s, for example, or from the 90s, uh, feel free to have a look uh, in the show notes and uh, join the group. Yeah, so best of luck to uh, the two guys who are starting that up. Good luck. Yeah, good luck, guys. Let's move on to the games. First game um, is called Insidia. Um, Insidia is a story about a traveller who makes an emergency landing to a dark and strange planet in order to fix his ship. Um, the main goal of Insidia is to find 10 repair kits and fix your ship. The, ga- the game actually itself was... Uh, was written in Flash, uh, you know, like uh, some time ago, and then um, a Polish guy called Czesław Mnich, actually he lives in Ireland, uh, in Dublin, he managed to 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 make it work in Amiga and uh, using Backbone. It took him, you know, like quite some time to 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 make it work, but the the final result is really really um, astonishing. And the game itself doesn't feel actually and doesn't look like uh, as if it was, you know, like a made in backbone. So uh, great work, Treshu. Great work. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to trying that out. We must give him a shout actually and see if he's around in January. <laughs> 
Uh, Rocket Smash is a jetpack clone for the Commodore 64. And uh, there's a link in the show notes that will take you to uh, a tweet by the uh, project Eric Nelson on Twitter, who put us onto it. Because the previous week we were talking about um, an attempt to kind of make... Um, a more kind of you know direct representation of the spectrum version of, of jetpack so this one is is actually much smoother and while it doesn't kind of look like you know it doesn't harken back directly to the old uh, spectrum jetpack it is a really nice smooth fast slick version and well worth checking out so thanks eric for putting us onto that pong four which is a sort of a, a, a different take on you know the the old classic pong um, and it can be played more or less like the like the original, only sort of top to bottom. But it also has a four-player mode where you can either have two paddles, one on the top, one on the bottom, you know, two paddles on the top, two paddles on the bottom, or have one player on each, each side of the screen. So, you know, all four walls of the of the arena, if you like. Yeah, it's a really nice take on on, on the classic, and it looks it looks brilliant. And there's some good music in it, and it's 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 well polished and. It, it, Pretty sure it runs on pretty much anything. It's it's a, on a five hundred anyway, and it might run, I think, in five twelve k as well. It's for two to four players, but um, you can play against the AI as well. So you can play in any of the modes with the computer filling in for the other players. So it's, uh, it's yeah, it's really well done. It sounds like a good one for uh, meetups and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, I agree. Absolutely, yeah. That's free to download from Aminet actually. Next game is for C64, and uh, it's got a very peculiar title. The title of the next game is uh, You Have to Win the Game. <laughs> I've never, you know, like, I've never encountered, you know, like a title of a game uh, like that before. Um, anyway, it's a really nice platformer. It's got a CGA palette and very nice sprites and uh, pretty neat controls. It's a platformer. And, uh, it's been released by a group uh, called Kabuto. I found this game, you know, like, uh, Poetnet, the biggest, you know, like, demo scene, uh, portal, uh, looking for some new C64 demos, uh, and, uh, I found this game and I thought, like, I'm just gonna give it a go. It looks like a CGA game from, you know, like, uh, old PC times, but it's a, to be honest, it's a pretty neat platformer. Cool. Yeah, I haven't I haven't looked at this now. It's, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of good C sixty four stuff here uh, coming out recently. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, Sir Ababal has been ported to the Amiga, and this is reported by Indie Retro News, and they say that uh, the Amiga version started as an internal exercise, learning how to make a direct port from C sources to Amiga Blitz Basic, and the game is the end result. It looks really good. So the link is in the show notes for anyone that wants to um, have a look at the demo. So Sorry, it's not a demo. It's, a, it's an actual release. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just as I was saying about C64 stuff, there's a take on Portal for the C64 in the works. So that's that's being worked on. This is a, an interesting one. You don't have the, the, the full 3D engine of the original. It's, it's on a platform kind of format. From from what you can see in the videos, it looks, uh, yeah, very interesting. A great take on the whole mecha- uh, mechanics of the Portal, the Portal gun and that. Apparently is going to support mouse control as well. But, but very nice logic game. I think that's amazing. I can't even imagine what it, what it might look like, but it's, I'll definitely check it out after we finish <laughs> recording. Yeah, dude, it looks great. Okay, let's move on to discoveries. Uh, 
And our first discovery is the AGA Amiga 3000. Um, apparently, some fans from uh, from Germany found the boards uh, of uh, Commodore Prototype AA3000, and they've decided to actually equip it with, you know, like a uh, with chips. And they've managed to to run the board mm-hmm. actually, and the board itself runs pretty well. They've decided to play a Starstruck TBL demo, and it's played really <laughs> well. So uh, respect, guys. Once again, it's a great discovery and a great achievement. Ah, uh, okay. So that wasn't a typo. It is AA three thousand. Yeah, it was supposed to be, um, you know, like a Amiga three thousand. Then they cut it into pieces and made the the Amiga four thousand that we know uh, know it all. And also, the AGA was originally known as AA, and they they changed it to AGA, presumably to sound more like the PC. <laughs> to cut costs even more, they adapted, you know, like a ugly PC uh, case. The rest is history. <laughs> Mm. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, my discovery is a very simple one, really, but um, I discovered that <laughs> the Bifrost is actually pronounced and spelled Bifrost, not Bitfrost. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I, I've been doing it for ages, uh, I, I, and every time anyone has said it to me, when I think back, they did say Bifrost, I've read Bifrost, and I'd, for some reason I've been saying Bitfrost, so I was watching Miss Mad Lemon's video um, that she just released a few days ago where she installs one and uh, she does a nice little modification to stop the light uh, leaking between uh, the different bulbs and stuff like that. So um, it's the Bifrost. Bifrost. Um, I'll get it right from now on. <laughs> Good stuff. And yeah, there's a few times you said, and I kind of like, ah, I'll, I'll tell him later, I'll tell him later, and then I yeah. forget. <laughs> well, a lot of the time you're wasting your time with my memory, oh, well. you know, but um, <laughs> I think after watching a 20-minute video on it now, I will definitely remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My discovery is uh, a new games magazine that has come out and it covers, it's it's called Fusion Magazine and it covers retro games as well as current games and uh, things like arcades, tabletop games, card games, things like that. It, it co- you know, covers sort of the, the whole spectrum of gaming, but uh, it has a quite, quite good coverage of the C64 and mentions the Amiga as well. And, and um, so that, that they've got their first issue out at the moment. Um, there's uh, one of the guys in the Scottish Amiga user group who uh, who does a fair bit of writing to them. So hello, John. Uh, and uh, yeah, thanks for that. And yeah, it's, it, it really looks good. So you should definitely check that out. Nice. Yeah, I actually recognize the name Fusion Games from uh, Twitter, I think. Because it is, it, it really is a nice read. It's, you know, covers a lot of stuff and there's, you know, reviews and sort of previews and stuff like that as well. Okay, let's go on to community news and events. The Computer and Communications Museum of Ireland are hosting an event on this Friday coming, that's the 7th of September, and this is the first of the monthly First Friday Club meetings, so the first Friday of every month, um, all the Commodore and Amiga machines will be up and running, Uh, we'll have the CD32 hooked up to a projector, and uh, people are on the Amiga Ireland Facebook page uh, nominating games they'd like to do competitions in. And I think I've seen so far games like IK Plus, uh, Speedball, 
uh, Spy vs. Spy and a couple others have been have been nominated so yeah that's going to be fun so if you're in Galway or you can make it to Galway on Friday we'll be meeting from half five until eight o'clock in the evening so feel free to pop in yeah hopefully that gets a bit of momentum because uh, I'm sure at some point I will be down in Galway and <laughs> we'll try and make it to excellent second Scottish media user group meeting there a couple of weeks back and that was a yeah that went really really well we had a you know sort of a quite a busy day sort of 25 people or so at it and uh yeah we had our sensible soccer tournament and all the usual things and some pretty inter- interesting machines out and about a great meetup and great to see all the guys there so uh we're planning to have the next one in february so you know we we'll go for every six months or so but, uh, yeah looking forward to the next one already power to for play for starting up yeah cheers okay let's move on to ask amiga this is another question that I dug up on the, the Retro Computing Stacking Exchange and is basically sort of questioning the logic of um, the memory map on the Amiga because the 68000 processor, uh, like like a lot of other processors, has a fixed address where it starts up. So when you start a processor from cold, it has to look for its first instruction somewhere. And usually that's sort of a, a fixed address, like either zero or the very far end of the memory map, the highest address possible. Um, and then that's normally where you have your ROM, you see? so. The first thing the CPU sees is the ROM of the computer and starts executing the code there. And from there, it starts up your the computer as you know it. But um, they don't do that on the Amiga. So the, the, the CPU looks in address zero and tries to start off from the, from the very bottom of the memory map. But that's actually where the chip RAM is in the Amiga map. And it's a, it's a kind of a funny setup. The, the kickstart is way down the other end of the map. But uh, so by default, if you just start the machine like that, the CPU has nothing to do because the memory is empty. It sees zero instructions and it just sits there. So how it actually works on the Amiga is that very, very early at a sort of a, an electronic level, the CIAs in the very, in the first Amiga, the Amiga 1000 actually flip a little switch, well, an electronic switch that uh, makes the, the, the uh, kickstart appear at address zero. So it basically overwrites the address of the, of the chip RAM with the kickstart. Then the CPU sees it at address zero, starts executing the code. And then once it writes to the CIAs and resets them, then the, the kickstart moves to the correct location and the chip RAM is restored. But by that stage, the code is already running and the computer knows what to do then. So it's sort of, it's, it seems like a funny way of doing things, but, um, you know, it, for computers like the Amiga, it actually makes a, a bit of sense because what it does is that lets you do things like install reset resident things so so that you can you can basically upgrade kickstart you know like like os 3.9 and that or you know install all sorts of different patches you know the new scuzzy drivers all sorts of tricks basically it's to uh, sort of modify the rom which wouldn't otherwise be possible you know obviously because it's a rom so it's 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 a nice solution and it is the solution is sort of part of the uh the motorola specification for if you wanted to make a system that does that kind of thing so it's it's actually kind of a, a standard enough design for the 68000 but it's unusual in the broad scheme of home computers if you like the for it to work like that once the cia is reset that's it it's done and the kickstart is at its normal location and that's called the overlay bit coming from the cia's but it's actually in, I think it's in the Agnes chip from fairly early on. So I think from the 500 on, it's actually, the, it's not on the CIA anymore. It's just, it's a, it's intercepted even before the CIA. It's just carried out on, uh, within the Agnes chip itself. Yeah, and, and that's it. So and ever ever since then, it's it does that, but just internally in the custom chips. 
It's very interesting. So a little bit of a re- redirection or indirection or whatever you call it. Yeah, it's it, and they call it the overlay bit because essentially it it it, it overwrites the chip RAM and uh, overlays the kickstart over the chip RAM. Yeah, it's a, yeah, an inter- interesting technique. Okay, thanks for that, Rob. Um, mm-hmm. We are going to move on now to online activity uh, to see what's been going on. <clears throat> to see what's been happening uh, with the online Amiga Ireland community. So for starters, we got an email from Athens in Greece. Um, so hi to George uh, for, and thanks for your email. George's website is um, in the show notes if anyone wants to have a look. It's walkero.gr. Um, and George is a web developer and he says, I'd like to congratulate you about the great podcast you create and the Amiga event you organize. I intend to visit the next event and meet you guys there. Keep up the good work and the support you provide the Amiga community. Yeah. So T. Canis, George. Thanks, excellent. <laughs> Thanks for the lovely <laughs> feedback. Yeah. We look forward to January. And on Twitter, uh, our top tweets this month were photos from the, our last museum meetup. So you can uh, visit us. We're Amiga Ireland on Twitter and you can check those out. On Facebook, James posted a receipt from his 1990 Amiga purchase of the Amiga 500 Batman pack with some extras. Um, so you can see that in our Facebook group. And there's an, an old phone number in there. And uh, we were joking about, you know, phoning the number to see what was going on there. Well, um, James, I actually phoned the number just for the crack to see what was going on. <laughs> and uh, there was some uh, slightly elderly woman left a voicemail. And uh, I did leave a little message um, asking, you know, saying that I'm just I'm just inquiring if uh, the computer shop is still there or what happened to it. So um, I haven't heard back. So who knows? The, the guards could be looking me up now for all I know. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to be my amiga he says or he wants me to be his amiga and um seamus has started a brilliant series of of posts on our facebook group which are games in themselves so what he does is he posts um he gets a, either a screenshot of a game or you know a well-known logo from um an amiga brand like let's say you know ocean software or something like that or sierra and um he obscures them in some way like for example the most recent one is he puts a brick wall in front of them but removes one of the bricks so he posts it up and says okay make your best guess and i'll remove one brick at a time you know or on another one he decreased the resolution so it was really kind of blocky and uh he increases the resolution as people want to guess so um the winners so far have been gavin byrne and joy moya jackie mcgill so that's great fun seamus thanks and please keep it up yeah they're great posts actually they they really are yeah (laughs) yeah they're they're a lot of fun i find them logging in even more often now next time in two weeks we're going to release an interview with david pleasance and trevor dickinson so um they're going to talk about a range of different things it's going to actually be about a 90 minute uh, podcast next time so it's going to be one of our longer ones so um make sure you don't miss that because that was that was actually a fun few chats with the guys music was by virtual dimensions and banjo guy ollie and you can visit banjo to check out his music uh including the lemmings cover we just talked about there earlier the song this month is um from carrier command lads did you um did you buy that in budget form or did you get the original kind of with the audio tape I have to admit, I never played it. At that time, apparently, it was very difficult to get, you know, like, an original game. And as far as you remember, it was a strategic game. It was. It was. You could say it's like Frontier uh, on sea. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, so you have a massive carrier ship mm-hmm. that you're bringing around, but you can also launch these sea-based um, um, vessels called walruses, and you can launch um, um, aircraft as well called mantas and you can you know, set them on autopilot but you can fly them individually arm them with weapons all kinds of things so you're going around to these different islands and uh, you're trying to capture more islands than your opponent who starts on the other end of the map and uh, you know you're looking for resources and to build factories to build more uh, weapons and things that you need it's an absolutely engrossing it's it's so engrossing um i remember speaking with uh paul kitching about this at the last amiga ireland i think or actually i think it was we were chatting on amiga bills one of amiga bills uh twitch streams it's a fantastic game yeah, definitely. If you haven't played it, check it out because mm-hmm. it's an absolute treat. Like it's not, it's not that kind of game where there's other games sort of like it. It's, it's very unique and well done. Uh, 3D. So we're going to play out with the bonus audio tape from Carrier Command. And it's a nice cheesy 80s tune. So, uh, until two weeks time, that's bye from us. Bye bye. Bye bye.
Oh my god, I'm wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <sighs>